How can you effectively disciple others in this pandemic world? That's what we're talking about today, so get ready, because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello, heroes, this is Tom... Hello, heroes. I'm Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the place where ministers come to get some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry in this very digital and online world, this very digital world that we're living in today. And today I have with me Stan Rada. He is a close friend of mine and a regular on the YM Sidekick Podcast. He's, he's just great to, to talk about. And what I love about Stan is his passion for discipleship. He is all in on discipling other people so that they can go and make disciples themselves. And again, he, he's so passionate about it. He's implemented it in, in his own campus, but he's also doing it through a site called 4Gem. It's his own site where he does some blogging, some podcasting, some vlogs, and just lots of training opportunities to make other people aware of how you can effectively disciple other people's especially now in this pandemic world. So how do you do it? What is he doing? How can you do it in your ministry or in your home? He's going to talk about it today. So I'm really excited about having Stan on the podcast. So without any further ado, let's get an interview right now. Talk about discipling other people in a pandemic world with Stan Rada. All right. With me right now is Stan Rada. Stan, how are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Good. It's weird. I had to be like, Stan, how are you? Like, I talk to you pretty regularly, so I do actually know how yes, you're doing. You, you actually do know how I am doing currently. Well, at least <laughs> most of the time I know how you're doing. That's true. A good chunk of the time. Sometimes I don't. Um, okay, Stan, well, I'm glad you're on the podcast today because uh, we're going to be talking about discipleship stuff. Um, and Nice. You have a big passion for that, so that's why I asked you to be on the podcast. Yeah, man. I appreciate um, it. But before we get into the podcast, tell me, in case someone who hasn't heard this podcast before and just now listening to it, uh, I know you've been on the podcast numerous times. Just share with us uh, who you are, where, uh, what ministry you serve in, and what you do. Well, if somebody is just now finding your podcast, I mean, I don't know what they've been doing with their life. That's all I have to say about oh, that. Gosh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my name's Stan Rod. I've been uh, full-time ministry for uh, all, no one getting close to 19 years now. Um, I grew up in the, in the church, a fourth-generation pastor. Um, love, love what I do. Um, working hard to figure out the, the discipleship equation, how to make disciples who will reproduce and make more disciples. Um, so that's kind of my big ministry passion. Um, then I've got a wife and three kids and a, a dog and that rounds out the American dream. Yeah, th there you go. And you're not going to have <laughs> any more kids, right? There's not going to be an no, baby no. or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it would, in, if, if there was, that would definitely be a Holy spirit inspired type of uh, type of uh, thing because uh, <laughs> other things have been uh, put into place to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't think so. That's not yeah, the plan. That's good. That, that's good to hear. Um, Stan has a bunch of teenagers right now. So oh, man. Woo. That's the thing where, uh, yeah, that would be a dramatic, you know, you have a teenager and then you have a baby and that would be just. Crazy. Oh, goodness. It, it is a little crazy. That would be. 
my parents had an oops baby, but it was an eight year difference. And he actually is smarter than my other brothers and I combined. So, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's probably a good thing. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, so let's talk about discipleship. Um, okay. because we, uh, you know, discipleship, um, is, I want, I'll just say it. It's like a, a focal point of a lot of churches right now, a lot of ministries, and whereas, yep. you know, in years past, you had the attractional method, you had different methods to get to, to people. It seems like discipleship is where a lot of churches are leading. And I know that's a passion of yours and what you've been doing at our church. And so I want to take a few minutes to just talk about what is it, what does it look like to do discipleship now in this COVID world? Um, and how, how are the different, what are the different things you are doing um, to, to reach people and disciple them at the moment. So we can kind of break it down into a few different segments. So what, what are you doing right now? Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to do as much as I can right now. Um, primarily focusing right now on discipling our life group leaders at my campus at new life. So there we spent most of the summer, um, either socially distanced on a driveway or, via Zoom, um, training life group leaders in some new techniques, giving them some new foundational tools to try to help set them up for success. We established some new uh, goals and uh, kind of vision for what we were trying to accomplish uh, with those groups uh, and basically spent time pouring into them and saying, okay, here's, here's an opportunity for us to make disciples with our life groups. Um, one of the terms we used uh, and the only reason I used it was to try to up the spiritual level of like responsibility for the group leaders. Um, we use the term microsite for a little while. Um, and some may, some may really stick to that. I don't know, but, um, I liked the term because it made it, uh, it made it feel a little more like my group was more than just a temporary come and do eight weeks of study through a Beth Moore book or, a you know, John Maxwell or, a, you know, whatever book is out there for small group studies. Um, it, it wasn't just temporary get through the book. It was like, no, I'm in it with these people. I am kind of the pastor of them. I am responsible for them. Uh, and we are a uh, kind of this home community of New Life Christian Church. So we use the term microsite to kind of up the spiritual responsibility for discipleship. We did some new training, laid out some new goals we did. And like I said, we did a lot of that over a driveway or um, Zoom, but that's a lot of what I'm working on. Um, and then there's some other trainings and stuff that have sprung out of that opportunities to train um, okay, so other past pastors and churches and stuff like that. Okay. So let's hone in on this first before we go to the next okay. one, um, because I, I think it's really important because right now, you know, Stan was a, we're at a multi-site church and Stan's yeah. multi-site was meeting in a school, which is now prohibited any outside organizations from coming into the school because of COVID and whatnot. So if you're right. listening to this and you're in this similar situation, this is important. Or if you're listening to this and your church has decided not to um, reopen to the general public, I think this is important because what Stan did was he realized that he had a bunch of different groups already established and you know you can yeah. people call them life groups you can call them microsites you can call them home churches there's lots of different names for it but what i like about what stan did was that he said i'm not just going to sit by and think oh okay what what do i do now until the school opens 
Stan got very proactive and started investing in his life group leaders and really empowered them. Um, so you got them together and you're talking about, you're empowering them. What are you doing? What are you teaching them as you're going through this, this time so that you can really mobilize this group? Uh, I am primarily doing my best to train them how to be a disciple themselves, uh, going back to some of the basics. What's it look like to develop your prayer life, to develop your scripture reading, your quiet time? What does it look like to learn how uh, to, to share the gospel, to share your story? Just some real basic kind of things. I'm trying to get that into them as much as I can. Um, and then when I, if I can get it into them enough that way, then also give them the group and say, this group is kind of your spiritual responsibility that they would then through that training also begin to train into their group, those same techniques. Hey guys, let's talk about scripture. Let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about the gospel. Let's get into that and look at what it means to actually spread that out further. So part of where all of that developed or moved to was we needed to have some goals for uh, expanding the groups. So all of the group leaders know that our goal right now is to go from the number we have to, I think it's like 25 or 30 groups by the end of the year. Like we're pushing hard toward multiplying. Um, we had a goal of 100% uh, of people at our campus got a personal invite from a group leader to a group. And so we've pushed into that network. And then uh, the last goal that we had, was at least one non-believing person from the neighborhood, a friend, family, whoever, uh, in each group so that the group leaders maintained that outward focus toward evangelism, reaching the lost. It's why we train how to share the gospel because you're actually, you need that if you're going to reach lost people. Um, and so those goals kind of developed out of that. And that's really how we um, how we kind of pressed into that with the group leaders. Let's get them being disciples themselves who can now train some more disciples who are keeping their eyes outward focused toward how can I go and reach um, someone who doesn't know Jesus, friend, neighbor, coworker, whoever. Yeah, I, I like how you have that outward focus because I think, again, when you think about discipleship, you're thinking about people who are already kind of believers in, in theory. Right. They've already have some foundation uh, of, about Jesus and the relationship but you're, you're keeping that outward focus. And I also think during this time of COVID or this time where the world is shaped upside down, um, you know, and people are not um, able to meet as much or frequently with other people, you're right. keeping that focus to say, hey, this is beyond our life group. You know, this is, we want to be including people. It's easy to shut down and think we can't do any traditional outreach opportunities. Well, this is an outreach opportunity because you're including people into a group of others as you guys are kind of walking through uh, life together. Yeah, it, it really is a thing where I think the, and I don't mean this harshly because I come from this background, but the churches who struggled the most or who struggle the most to define a disciple and who are uh, a little, um, too tied to their building as the discipleship model or people have to come to my building to be discipled. I think they really struggled the most in COVID because without the building and their programs, they didn't know how to make disciples. It felt like the whole thing shut down and they couldn't be the church, hmm. but they wanted to be. And I admire that we want to be to me, COVID actually gave us the opportunity of the new Testament church to drive the church and disciple making efforts and the gospel back into houses 
the New Testament talks very frequently about a house church. And so I found it quite ironic that the government said, no, the church can't meet in the building, go meet, go, go home. And I'm sitting there going, that's exactly where the New Testament, it sprung up in the New Testament in our, in our homes. And so I was digging it. I'm like, this is an opportunity like this. They're pushing us right back to what we should have been. This is where we're supposed to be. So I loved it. Uh, and just pressed in as hard as I could over the summer going, all right, let's get some training going. Let's really press into these groups. Let's, we mapped out our entire demographic, our entire campus on Google maps. We know we can map out, we've mapped out now where every single person uh, lives, uh, who's been invited. We can see all the, we've layered out different colors so we can see who's been invited, who hasn't been invited, who is in a group, who's not in a group, who's leading a group. Like we can see all that on a Google map. And uh, so it's given us real clarity going forward, how to actually mobilize these, this disciple making effort through life groups through microsites. And so we've, we've really pressed into that and I love it. Yeah. See, I think it's really interesting as you're talking about, it. I, I don't even know why I didn't even think about this myself either, but you know, you think about all those churches that are in um, hostile areas, hostile Christian areas, like in China yeah. and, and other, they're not meeting in huge, massive churches. They can't, they're meeting in nope. homes and they're cramming in homes. And so you're exactly right. This is the model that, that we were given early on and now you're just you're this is your opportunity now to to go and, and replicate that in in many ways yes that's it so they'll meet in a home they would meet in you know kind of we kind of call it that like underground church in china this underground thing that's happening because they can't just go meet out in public we know people that have been banned from going back to china because of their work there um, and so, yeah, that's how they would meet and it's exploding there. And then people in America are looking going, how is there, how are they doing that in China with no buildings and no yada, yada, and no big programs. And it's, it's just interesting to me. I look at the new Testament. I'm like, well, it seems to me like they're doing it just like was modeled in the new Testament. So I don't know, maybe that's something we should give a try. Yeah, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's good. Uh, okay. So tell me about maybe it's an, an obstacle or two that you have, have had to overcome or that you've experienced uh, in implementing this strategy, is there are there obstacles that if someone's like, "Gosh, this is, sounds great, I want to do this," stands already on the forefront of this, and there's other churches doing this as well. But like, yeah. have you experienced obstacles at, at all in yeah. this? Yeah, I think um, I think I think one of the big obstacles has been that part of what makes the disciple making stuff that we're doing so effective is the ability to meet with those that we're discipling and model for them what it is we expect them to do. Like, I think a lot of us are probably better at, here's the expectation, read it in a PDF document, and I expect you to pull it off or, you know, whatever. But the reality is when you watch Jesus's method of disciple making, he would model his stuff for them. He would let them go out and practice, and then they would basically come back and do feedback on how did it go modeled his prayer life. They caught him praying all the time. He taught them how to pray, gave them opportunities to pray. He uh, taught, taught them in parables and then he would raise them up and then he would send them out and then they'd come back and say, well, we healed these people and we healed this person, but we couldn't quite heal this person. And so, I mean, there was this kind of loop of, of modeling for them and assisting them along the way, watching them do it. And then when he ascends into heaven, ultimately um, he, he launches them. He launches them out. It's a, it's a, an acronym, uh, a tool that we call um, MAWL, M-A-W-L, model, assist, watch, and launch. And so Jesus models for them. He assists them along the way. He watches them do, uh, do ministry, and then he launches them in the ascension. He says, okay, you know, go. And then, of course, the 
Holy Spirit comes on them days later in the upper room and they go out and Pentecost happens and all that stuff. But I, I think that's been one of the biggest barriers is modeling effectively how to do what we want them to do when it's harder to get together. It's really hard to model evangelism in a neighborhood or at a restaurant talking to a waitress or a waiter or uh, modeling how to start a conversation with someone or modeling whatever all these things are, how to actually run your home group and your, your small group, how to do that when it's harder to model. So when the phasing started to open back up out of COVID, we tried to jump on that right away. And I said, okay, get to my driveway. We'll socially distance in lawn chairs. And part of the modeling process in that was uh, um, show up and I'm going to take you through a study exactly the way we want these groups to look. And when they would ask me questions along the way, I, I deflected in the exact same way I wanted them to deflect and push or to, to lead. So I was able to model it at that point, but a real, a, a major barrier um, and hurdle to overcome has been, I've got these people that need it modeled, but they're not going anywhere or they're nervous to go somewhere. They're not going somewhere where they feel unsafe. I can't meet in my house. So I'm kind of stuck outside. So now I'm limited by the weather. Um, it's kind of the same with our Sunday morning stuff. A hurdle there's just been, you know, we meet on the parking lot, but you know, once cold weather hits, that's going to be a major hurdle. Um, so there've definitely been a few things along the way, but the ability to, to model it and assist them to help them actually be able to do it, I would say has been because of COVID especially has been probably the biggest hurdle uh, I faced. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, very true on that. I think the modeling thing is, is so important. And, and that's kind of like what I like about your heart, again, because I get to work with you and because I, I see you pretty regularly on, on things. Like I see your passion, your heart for, for um, discipleship and see what you're doing. Again, when COVID hit, you didn't just sit idly by. You were like, we're going after this. You were already yeah. in the discipleship mode as it was. And then you're like, okay, we're, we're changing our strategy. We're changing our tactics and how we're doing this. And I think it's really been awesome to see, again, because part of the, the results that you see, I think, is that when you do meet in person, like you do do a Sunday morning gathering where you are now meeting on, in a parking lot, and the, the attendance has been pretty good. I mean, it's really, yeah. I mean, it's not been your normal stuff, but nothing is normal in anybody's church anymore. Yeah. But I think it's a really important it's a testimony to the discipleship that you've been doing in your campus that it shows then on Sunday morning or whenever you do these these uh, social or whatever gatherings that you're doing. Um, okay, so that's what you're doing for your church, and that's what it's been awesome to see that. You're also working on yeah. some other things with, with pastors as well. What kind of discipleship stuff are you doing uh, in that area? So one of my... Uh passions kind of underneath the surface is taking the disciple making stuff we're doing with our people individually and taking it to pastors and churches and saying, Hey, I, th I think we're on to something here. I think God's given us something. Would you be interested in being trained in this? So I started offering up just an eight week cohort training. We, uh, I take them, uh, churches, pastors through, uh, something we call the eight commands of Christ, which is basically a study through the great commission. Um, and there's a bunch that goes into it, but it's a really strong um, foundation, I think, for disciple-making efforts and what that looks like in, in the West, in the United States. And so uh, those have been uh, well attended. They're not like huge or anything yet, I wouldn't say, 
but I do, I have had churches in multiple States say, yeah, we want to jump in on a zoom call and uh, we want to be trained in how to do this disciple making thing. Would you walk us through that? And so that's been a really cool thing that started to develop, but I'm trying to figure out how that fits uh, really well with everything else I'm doing um, and how God wants me to use that. Um, but I, I do have a passion to try to uh, share and train other pastors. As I get a little bit older, I, I look back on, you know, my time coming out of Bible college when I was 22 and um, a little idealistic and didn't have any real clue what I was doing. And I think about guys coming out in the ministry and I think, man, I really want to be there for them in some capacity and help to train and prepare them. So I've got a bunch of thoughts on what that looks like, but yeah, we're, uh, I'm definitely trying to press into uh, churches, pastors, uh, staff teams, um, people like that as well and say, Hey, I've got that's something I think you should take a look at. Would you walk with me for eight weeks and be a part of this cohort? So um, yeah. 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 And see, I, I like that because again, th these are things that you're learning and that you're implementing in your, your own church and then you're encouraging yes. others to do it. And I, I like what you said. I, again, I think about the time I, I got out of college, I thought I knew everything. And I even, I even visually remember conversations I had as a, as a 22 year old, 23 year old, <laughs> older people, more uh, older people than me. And I realized I'm like, I, I was such an idiot back then. I was terrible. But again, the reality <laughs> is like, whether you're new in this or whether you're just trying to learn new approaches, Again, this discipleship approach is not nothing new. It's just sometimes we need to get a fresh take at it, fresh look at it. And when you got someone yeah. who, like you who, who've been implementing this and experiencing some real good fruit from it, I think it's really important to see. So you do these cohorts, um, mm -hmm. you know, and you do them pretty regularly. Like every, you know, you do eight weeks and then you take a little break and then you do some more. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. They're, they're free? Yes. They yep. are free for now. At least they're free right now. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, on the website right now, it says free. So as uh, less yeah. that were to change, as long as you're signed up, you get the free deal. So, uh, yeah, I, I try to do all those for free because um, partly because I don't want to be a, a burden to the kingdom. I know people are already spending lots of money on databases and conferences and marketing and all these things. There's all this money. And, um, I, I just see the training as an opportunity to say, this is like actually what God's up to. Here's how we see God working. And I'd love to give that to you for free. So we walk through it for free. Uh, I have five, uh, I've done three, uh, are getting ready to start the third. I should say all of them have been full and I have five scheduled for, um, 2021. And so, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with those. That's great. No, that, that's awesome. Well, okay. So you got the cohort stuff that you do, but you also on your website, you have a variety of other things, the, the tools and, and tips yeah. on that. What, what's your, what's your website and um, what's, what's involved in it? So uh, the website is just forgen.org spelled out F O U R G E N.org. Um, and uh, a lot of what it is, is just the, the tools and the blog and all the stuff that we, we are currently learning that I am currently learning. I take a lot of what I learn and uh, I'll put it into video form or I'll walk through it in a video form. I'll I post that on my YouTube channel. All those links are on, on the website, but like you could go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And every time I put a new tool out or a scripture reflection or um, webinar, things like that, you could find all those there. But the website really does just have all the, 
of uh, all the free stuff, the, the tools, the training, the upcoming calendar for cohorts, um, kind of opportunities to connect. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the primary thrust of what I'm trying to accomplish with, um, with Forge. And there are some other things on there too, but the primary stuff that I want to accomplish is the disciple making piece um, and, and multiplying those efforts as, as far as I can. So that's kind of what that, what's there. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, and you, you've got a, a lot of great content on there and it's all really f- focused on discipleship and disciple making. And so yep. I think it's a great tool uh, for, again, one of the things I like about what I do with blogging or and, well, I don't do this with podcasts. I, I invite the experts on for the podcast, but with blogging, I like to do is just share what I'm learning and what you're doing with yeah. Jen is you're sharing what you're learning. You're, you're doing so much great stuff at church and in your ministry, you're just really passing it along and sharing with it, sharing with others what you're learning. I think that's fantastic. So, yep, absolutely. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, what, any other thoughts would you share about <coughs> this COVID or this new world that we're living in, you know, who knows how it's going to shape up, but any, any encouragement or any last thoughts on that? I think I would encourage um, pastors, staff, church leaders, uh, whoever's kind of really involved in the, a lot of the decision-making stuff. I think I would encourage them, try to encourage them not to be discouraged because of COVID. I, I don't think we were surprised in 2020 by all the stuff that's happened. It's been a crazy year for us, but it was not a surprise to God. God knows exactly what he's doing. He's already ahead of us. He sees the opportunity, like he knows what's going on. And I think the, maybe the best thing we can do instead of um, panicking, instead of, um, this is going to sound terrible. I don't mean this directed at any one person or anything, but instead of fighting for our right and getting in debates with the government about when we can gather and spending a lot of time and energy there. I think there is a genuine opportunity for the church to disciple through tools like Zoom and through some of the tools that we're learning and the disciple-making efforts that's help, that are helping people to grow spiritually, learn how to hear the voice of God in their own life and obey, taking steps of, of obedience, moving forward, um, there's an opportunity with, um, uh, with, with not only zoom, but also the whole idea of, of socially distanced stuff on your driveway. If you've got a property or a space, even if you have a building and you can do something outside and socially distance, there's still ways to train, to pour into people, to serve, uh, to disciple them. And, um, I, I think a lot of the church has started to settle down. I think initially there was a major panic about, okay, how do we do church now? Um, but my encouragement would be don't panic. Like God's ahead of us. He knows, um, settle in, find the people that are doing stuff that, um, that you admire, that you look at and say, man, God seems to be up to something there. What can we learn from them? Uh, and then pursue those people and, uh, and then ask God, God, how would you have us do that here? How would you have us be a disciple making church here? How would you have us, um, still serve our community when we're not supposed to touch people or be close to them or whatever the thing may be, uh, God, and, and keep pursuing God because God was not surprised. God sees what's coming. He's already ahead of you. He knows. So, uh, so don't panic, be encouraged. Um, God's aware he's well in the loop of, of what's going on. Um, and, and seek him, 
uh, a little bit more and try to walk by what the spirit's asking you to do. Um, yeah, don't, don't panic. It's all, it's going to be okay. It's all about listening and obeying. And again, I think that's one of the aspects of disciple making that you, you talk about. So, yes. um, yeah, so I think that's awesome. Well, Stan, this is fantastic. This is encouraging. And I, I will say this, just one last thing is that if you're listening to this and you're a student minister or a children's minister, you can implement a lot of the things that Stan's doing in his church into your, your ministry program. I, I do a lot of home group stuff with my middle school and high school students. And so you can implement a lot of what Stan's doing into your ministry. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, okay, so as we wrap up, just share with people how they can connect with you because, uh, again, it'd be great for the Like, what social media and website? Um, yeah, my, I would, I would uh, point you directly to the website, forgen.org. Down at the bottom of the page are all the social links that would take you to uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, I think Twitter is MD for Gen, make disciples for, for Gen. Um, and I, they all have some kind of different variation of that. So the easiest way to do it is forgen.org. And then down at the bottom, just click the link for the social media you like. Um, and then the other thing that seems to be growing a little bit, which I'm excited about is, uh, just the email that I put out. Uh, I try to put out a weekly email that uh, has some ministry content, disciple making content, um, you know, books and resources that are out there, things of that nature. Um, that's kind of been growing a little bit lately, which is good. So you can actually subscribe to uh, Forge and Field Notes on the website as well. There's a whole page um, at the top in the navigation bar that says Field Notes. Go there and subscribe. You get all the blog content first. You get new videos posted there first. It's kind of the bonus to be in the email list. Uh, and when you subscribe from the Field Notes page, you also get a link to um, – to an ebook that I wrote some time ago on self-leadership. So that gets tossed in for free. Uh, but Field Notes is a great way to go. And then uh, forgen.org and all the social links are down, down at the bottom of the page. So that, that's how I would do it. Yeah. Okay, good. That, that's, that's a lot. And so if you missed any of that, it's in the show notes. I've got all of that in the show notes. But I will say this, Stan's very active on social media. And so if you ask him a question on social media and tag him on it, the Forgen or even his personal one, at Stan Rada, uh, you'll, yeah. you'll definitely get a response uh, sooner rather than later. So that's definitely a good thing. That so is true. That, that's that is true. true. I know. I know it to be <laughs> fact. I know it. To, uh, you, you know, know this for a fact. Um, when I don't <laughs> text you, when I text you and you don't respond, uh, I just tag you in a question on Twitter and you respond. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, all right, Stan, as always, it's good having you on the podcast. So thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right, so there you have it, my conversation with Stan. It's always great having him on. Again, he's a friend of mine, and he's a co-worker, and I really value and trust his opinion. And that's actually why I have him on here talking about discipleship, because I get to see him implementing all this discipleship stuff because we work together. And he's doing a fantastic job on his campus, and what he's doing with Forgem is awesome. And the simple fact that he's doing these cohorts— they're simple cohorts. They're eight weeks long. They're they're free right now. So definitely get into it right now. They're free. And they just provide you a great opportunity to learn from other people. Um, and so I would strongly encourage you to do that. Check out his website, 4gen.org. And I'll have the links to it on, social, on the show notes. But also check him out on social media. He's got a ton of great stuff there that he's constantly updating. So whether it's a blog post or a, um, a vlog or a podcast episode, He's got stuff regularly up there, so definitely check it out. And again, you can find it all in the show notes. Um, 
and I'll have that updated there. All right, but I would love to hear from you. Okay, so Stan sharing with you his ideas and his thoughts, but there's also lots of other things that are happening in regards to discipleship in a pandemic world. So I want to hear from you. What are you doing? Definitely get on Twitter, tag me, and even tag Stan. Share with us what you're doing in regards to discipleship. We would love to learn from you and grow in this area as well. So definitely let's continue this conversation today. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. As always, go to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe to this podcast, or you can go to ymsidekick.com. There I've got all my content there, including some videos, some eBooks, and these podcasts, along with the Digital and 5 podcast show and the Digital Bootcamp Facebook group. So just go over to ymsidekick.com, subscribe to all the stuff there. You will love it. I, well, at least I hope you love it. <laughs> so that would be great. All right, heroes, well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and until the next time, have a great one.